wonderful. He'll never be too early. He'll never be too late. Amen. He's always right on time. Thank you so much. How many of you brought your Bible this morning? Would you hold up the Word of God all over the building? And I'd like to encourage you every time you come, bring your Bible with you. Be sure to check behind me. Be sure I'm not preaching something that's not true. I, I don't think I'd ever do that, but the older I get, uh, sometimes I, I, I may have a, a slip of the mind a little bit and say something I shouldn't. But uh, I hope the Lord will help us this morning. Let's take our Bibles and open them to the book of Galatians, chapter number 6 this morning. Galatians chapter 6, way over in the New Testament. And that is page number 1248, 1248, if you have an old Schofield Bible. And I want to read the last two verses of this chapter, Galatians chapter 6. And then I'm going to ask you to leave your Bibles open. I want to just lift out a line of one of these verses and say two or three things about it this morning. Galatians chapter number 6. Now, don't miss the service tonight right after church. We'll come in and we'll get with it, move things along, because I know some people are already back in school, so we'll move things along in the service, and then we'll go out back and enjoy some uh, food together and some fellowship. And uh, so we want to invite you to come. It's absolutely free. It's not going to cost you a dime. And we got them big old... Do we have them big old thick ice cream sandwiches? They're about this thick. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. They are huge. And uh, so that's great. And so we'll have a good time of fellowship together. And as I said, it won't cost you nothing. If you'll just show up tonight, we'll trust the Lord to give us a good service and a good time of fellowship after church tonight. All right? Galatians chapter 6. If you're there, would you say amen? All right, I want you to look at verse 17 and verse 18. The Bible says this, From henceforth let no man trouble me. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. Now, I've got to stop and tell you and remind you that in this particular book, Paul has been troubled by a lot of different people. What's happened is Paul has gone to the uh, province of Galatia, which consisted of the city of Derbe and Lystra and Iconium on his first missionary journey, and he's preached the Word of God, and a lot of people have got saved, and churches have been established in these various parts of the Roman Empire in this province of Galatia. So while he's there, he's preached the Word of God, these folks have got saved, but after he left, some false teachers came in. They were called in Bible days, they were called Judaizers. And they came down and they, be they began to teach doctrine that was contrary to what the Apostle Paul had preached. And what they did was tell these new converts that Paul didn't care anything about them. He didn't love them. Uh, he, and he preached false doctrine to them. And so the Bible said that these very people that Paul had won to Christ had become his enemies. Look back in chapter 5, if you will, for just a moment, because in chapter 5, Paul said in verse 7, you did run well. Paul said, you started off like, I mean, you was going to set the world on fire. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? There's another verse in this book that Paul said this, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? There's another verse in this, in this book that Paul says this, You would have plucked out your eye for me. In other words, Paul said, man, there was a time when we were so close that we had such great fellowship that if, you, if it would have need be, you would have plucked out your eye for me and just handed it to me. Now Paul said later on in this book, he said, man, don't, don't trouble me. Don't, uh, don't, don't oppose me. Then he said this in verse 17, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now I want you to tuck that 
phrase in your mind for just a moment. Tuck it away. Then he said this, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now these Judaizers had come down and they began to try to convince these people that Paul didn't love them, that he didn't love the Lord Jesus and he didn't love them. And Paul said, hey, I just want to tell you something. If you doubt my love for the Lord Jesus, I want to tell you that I bear in my body the marks. Now the word marks there is where we get our English word stigma from. And a synonym of the word stigma is the word scar. Paul said, if you doubt that I love the Lord Jesus, I bear in my body the scars that demonstrate my love for the Lord. The scars are there to prove the authenticity of my love for the Lord Jesus. And by the way, as we follow Paul through the New Testament, the one thing we become very well acquainted with is the fact that on numerous occasions he was beaten almost to death. In fact, one time was beaten to death. And no doubt from these beatings that he had, for instance, back in Acts 14, in the very area, Iconium, Lystra, Derby, in the very area where he had started these churches and led these believers to faith, he was actually stoned there. Remember that? They took him outside to the city dump, and the Bible said they stoned him until he died. And most people think it was at that point that he was caught up into the third heaven and heard all those things and saw all those things. And no doubt, no doubt from that stoning, he had big scars all over his body. Need I remind you, a couple of chapters over, he's gone to the city of Philippi, and he's been preaching there in the city of Philippi. And because of his preaching, he's thrown into jail, and the Bible said they had beaten him. They've laid his back open with many stripes. Once again, he's got the scars that proves the legitimacy of his love for the Lord. Over in Acts chapter 21, he's there in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. And once again, he's, he's, he's assaulted. He's drew out of the temple. And the Bible said they would have beat him to death. Once again, you can just imagine the scars that he's got in his body. Over in Acts chapter 28, remember he's been shipwrecked and he's washed up on an island there of Melita and he's out picking up sticks. Most people think that he had bad eyesight anyway. And you can well imagine if it's cloudy and it's kind of dark and it's windy and cold and, and the rain's blowing and he picked up a stick unbeknownst to him that had a viper around the stick and the viper came off the stick and bit into the hand of the Apostle Paul. And the Bible said that he shook it off into the fire and he felt no harm. No doubt he had the scars of where that viper had sank its teeth into. I mean, he, he's telling these people, hey, I just, I just want to assure you, I, I, I love the Lord, and if you doubt that, man, look at the scars that's in my body. You know, the one thing that I, I think that we all probably have in common here is at some point, some place on our bodies... We all have scars. Maybe many of you, the scars that you have are some from, are some from a, a surgical procedure that you had. And uh, the only thing surgically, I think, I've had some kidney stones removed, but about the only thing surgically I've ever had done is my tonsils were took out. Kind of wish I had them back, miss them once in a while. But uh, that's the only, I guess there's probably some scars back there somewhere, but I don't have any surgical scars on my body. Many of you maybe do have those scars where you've had to go in and they've cut you and, and they've taken various parts of your body out or whatever, operated on you, put things back together or whatever. You've got surgical scars in your body. I don't have none of those, but I tell you what, I have got plenty of 
physical scars on my body. When I was a boy, I was kind of rough, like many of you were, and falling out of trees and, and uh, going down the road on bicycles and having wrecks. Man, I got scars. I got scars all over me. And many of you do as well. By the way, those are not scars that prove my love for the Lord. They're scars that prove my stupidity and some of the things that I did in this walk of life. But I just want to talk to you a little bit this morning about scars. I bear in my body the marks. Now, the word scar doesn't even appear in our Bible. What does appear in our Bible is the word wounds. Numerous times we read about wounds, and we know that scars are the leftovers from wounds that have healed. You know, the Bible, some people, you know, sometimes we sing songs about the scars in the hands of Jesus. Well, and I won't split hairs, and you, don't, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but you know something? I don't think the Bible even mentions the fact that Jesus has got scars on him. No, the Bible still says that there are wounds in the hands of Jesus. Open Revelation, in a future day, the Bible even still speaks about that he is a lamb that has been wounded. Now, I know we sing songs like the only thing there that's been made by man are scars. And I'm not going to split hairs with you. I like the song myself. I think it's a pretty good song. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to get technical about it, the Bible seems to indicate that the wounds are still there. In fact, over in Zechariah chapter 13, in a future day at the second coming of Christ, when he comes back not in the clouds but to the earth, the Jewish people are going to look at him and say, where did you get those wounds, not scars, but wounds in your hands? And Jesus is going to say, those are the ones that I received in the house of my friends. So it seems to even indicate that Jesus doesn't have scars, that he has wounds. But those of us who have been wounded before now have scars. Let me talk a little bit about scars this morning. First of all, and I'm just going to have to use me. I don't know much about your scars. So can I use some of my scars this morning and tell you a little story and we'll have prayer and we'll go home. First of all, I thought about this, scars. Number one, how they happen. How they happened. Now, in my body, on my body, I have, I have two big scars on my body. The first scar that I have is from a chainsaw incident that I had one time. I was out cutting wood one day, and, and you know, guys, you know what we do, and, and we cut wood, and we cut down through the wood, and then the wood pinches together, and you have to pull your saw out, and then you go up under it, and you cut from underneath it. Just take your chainsaw and go up under it and cut it. I remember one time I was out cutting wood, and I was, I was just trying to be fast. We had plans, and I was just trying to cut some wood. In the church where I used to pastor, we burned wood in the parsonage. The parsonage was not well insulated. It, uh, uh, the windows were not well insulated. The house was just cold. When the wind would blow from the outside, the curtains would move on the inside. It had cracks in the window. And so to offset that, we burned wood. We had a big old Johnson insert inside of a fireplace there, and we burned wood. Man, I've seen that thing. I've got it so hard. It, it sat in that, that fireplace. It would go, ooh, ooh. Ooh. You ever seen one do that before and get just red and that thing just sitting there and they go, ooh, 
Well, that's how we heated the house to stay warm. So I was cutting wood. Uh, it was October. It's already kind of getting cool. And a hurricane had come through a couple of months ago and blew some trees down. So I was cutting those trees. And I was kind of like Chuck Norris. I mean, I thought, good night. I was climbing over them trees, dragging out. I had that chainsaw, one hand in that thing, and revving it up. And I was up cutting those trees. And I cut down through this one tree, and it pinched together. Well, after it pinched together, I brought my saw out. I was going to go up under it. And I re you know you rev your saw up to go up under it. When I did, I didn't have it up under the tree far enough. And it threw that chainsaw straight back and hit me right in the face. A running chainsaw. You think I ain't tough. <laughs> a running chainsaw, and it started right here, and it just come all the way down through here. Well, you know, I really didn't know how bad it was till I, I spit, and there's all my teeth laying there on the ground, just shattered all my teeth across the front. Then I pulled my shirt off, and I put it across my face up here and pulled it down. I mean, it was just soaked in blood. So to make a long story short, I went home, I got back to the car, threw my chainsaw down, run down to the car and forgot I'd left my chainsaw running, had to run back in the woods, cut the chainsaw off. I didn't want to waste my gas. And so I had to go cut the chainsaw off, and I ran back to the car, and I came in. My wife was in the bathroom. She was getting ready, and she said, and I had my shirt up on me. She said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I cut my face with a chainsaw. And she said, uh-uh. So I just pulled the shirt down. Man, she about passed out. I said, don't you pass out. I'm going to pass out if you pass out. I said, you're going to have to take me to the hospital. So I get to the hospital. The hospital don't even touch me. They said, man, you don't need to see us. You need a plastic surgeon. So they called a plastic surgeon, Dr. Willard, down in High Point, North Carolina. And I stayed in surgery that afternoon for hours while he was sewing up my face. That's not to count the hours that I spent in the dentist chair trying to get my teeth put back in my head. So I, I got a scar. I got a scar. There was a second time, a second bad thing that happened to me is, uh, is we had built a new church down there. I'm glad I'm out from down there. I was going to get killed if I'd have stayed down there. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm very accident prone. To this very day, I am very, very accident prone. We were cleaning up the house just last weekend, and I put a hammer up on top of the ladder and forgot to put it up there, took the ladder down, the hammer popped off and about knocked me out. I have, I'm bad at stuff like that. So, uh, so uh, we built a new church while I was there. And you know, like we did when we moved into that new church, we had a big day of celebration. We had a big service that day, and, and we had revival that next week, and we just were celebrating being in a new church. And Man, we had a great crowd that day, and it was just a great service. After service was over, we went over to the fellowship hall, and we ate lunch together. And it was, a, it was just a great day. And then we had revival meeting. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was thinking about this last night. One of those nights, I had Brother Zeno to come down and preach, and the choir came and sang down there when we opened up our new building. But next week, after the revival meeting was over, I had to go clean out the fellowship hall. And so to clean out the fellowship hall, you know how the plates and everything was in the trash cans, and, uh, and it was all there. You know, people pull the ice and their drinks in there, and I mean, it's just a big wet mess. So I decided I was going to burn all that. So I took all that trash out of the fellowship hall, put it, we had this big old metal, like old trash can, it was huge, it was re real big, and I poured all that stuff in there, and I tried to light it, tried to burn it. I was just going to burn it, not take it off. And I was going to burn it, and it wouldn't burn, it was too wet. So I got a good idea. 
You better know, uh-oh. I went and got me some gasoline. That's right. And I soaked that stuff down with gasoline. I was going to get rid of it real fast. And so I stood back, and I struck a match, and I threw it in there. And when I did, styrofoam and all that stuff, it just poof. You know how gas does. Poof. Well, when it just poofed like that, it blew, it blew fire everywhere. I mean, I soaked it good, and it caught the gas can on fire. So now here, the gas can is on fire. There's fire everywhere around me, and the gas can is on fire. Holly is with me at this time. She's probably three years old. So I grab her. I just imagine this gas can exploding, throwing gas and fire everywhere, shards flying everywhere, whatever. So I grab her, run her to the fellowship hall. I threw her in there, slammed the door. I go back out there and think, I have got to get the fire off this gas can. So I start kicking the gas can. You think I ain't tough. So I'm kicking the gas can now. Well, as I kick the gas can, I'm throwing gas all over this particular leg right here until eventually I don't get the, I don't get the fire off the gas can until my leg is on fire now. So now I'm down, I'm rolling on the ground trying to get the, from my knee down, my leg is literally on fire. I mean, it's just burning like crazy. And I'm still trying to get the gas can out until finally I can't take the heat anymore until I just stop falling on the ground and I'm trying to mash and get the fire off of my leg. Well, to make a long story short, I don't know what happened. The gas can goes out, the fire goes out, but I'm left with these serious burns on my leg. And to this day, to this day I have scars on my leg from here down. And the thing about it is, it burnt all the way around my leg. And I'm telling you, it, it was not fun. Well, we had, uh, we had revival that night. Revival meeting still going on. I don't go to the hospital. I just go to church that night. And my leg is killing me. And so I stand there that night, and I literally stick my leg up into the pulpit to stand there and talk to our people. After service is over, my wife said, what in the world is wrong with you? I pull my britches leg up, and she says again, how did you do that? And again, here we tear off to the emergency room because I've got a badly burned leg. Now, I said all that to say this, how it happened. Can I tell you both of those cases, how I got those scars? Because of carelessness. Just carelessness. I mean, man, I was, I was just, you know, in my mind, I, I'm invincible. Somebody said, give that guy a book of matches and a can of gas and he'll chainsaw and he'll self-destruct. But in my eyes, I'm 20-some years old, nothing, I'm, I'm invincible, nothing's going to happen to me. I mean, man, this, this is the kind of stuff that happens to other people. That kind of stuff never, ever happens to me. Can I tell you something? There's some people in this room this morning, and you've got scars. I'm talking about sin scars all over you. And, the re and maybe you sit here this morning, you've you got open wounds all over you, and the reason they're there is because you got careless, spiritually speaking. Or you thought you were invincible. The devil can't bring me down. 
I'm invincible. I, nothing can stop me. Nothing's ever going to happen to me. That's the kind of stuff that happens to other people. And yet you sit here in this room today, you got open wounds, you got scars all over your body, and the reason they're there, the reason they happen, is because you got careless. You thought you could whoop the devil. And in reality, the devil rose up and whooped you. There are people in this room this morning, you got open wounds today. you got things going on in your life today, that, and they're wounds. And this morning you sit here in this place and you think, how did I ever let myself get into the fix that I'm in this morning? How did this happen to me? I'll tell you how it happened. You got careless. You stopped reading your Bible. You stopped coming to church. You quit praying. And now this morning you sit here in a place that you never dreamed you would have sat in 10 years ago, 15, 5 years ago, hey, 6 months ago. You never dreamed you'd have been in the place that you're in this morning and how it all happened is when you got careless spiritually. Yes, sir. Stop praying like you ought to. You thought you could, you thought you could whoop the flesh. You thought you were invincible. You thought nothing can bring you down. Nothing can happen to me. Adultery, that happens to other people. Uh, uh, a wrecked home, that happens to somebody else. This happens. It only happens to other people. It'll never happen to me, but I'm here to tell you, man, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you can catch yourself on fire. In a moment, you can cut yourself with a chainsaw. By the way, chainsaws, they don't cut good. It's not, like a, it's not like a sharp knife. It's jagged. Man, I'm laying there, and that crazy, he's a good doctor, thank God. I mean, I could look worse than I do. But I go back for my six-month checkup, and he said, you want to see something funny? I said, yeah. He did before and after pictures of me, like a car that had been in a wreck. So I'm laying there, and he's got these tweezers. He's just pulling this cut apart. There I lay like an idiot, blood running down my face. He said, that's what you did look like. Look how good you look now. I tell everybody now, man, it was a fight. That's what it was. If you think I look bad, you ought to see what happened to them other people I was fighting with. How it happened. It happened so quick. It happened so fast. It happened because I got careless. And I'm just here to tell you, friend, it can happen to you. It can happen fast. It'll happen before you know it. That's why we better stay close to the Lord. That's why we better stay in church. How it happened. Listen, the Bible likens you and I to sheep. And let me tell you something. Sheep are totally defenseless. The only protection that a sheep has is in the presence of the shepherd. And we in these last days, we better stay close to the shepherd. If we don't, I'm telling you, we're done. I wonder who I'm speaking to this morning. And your life is a wreck. You're an open wound this morning. And you never thought it would have happened. But it happened. You know why? You dropped your guard. You know why the devil deceived you. You know why you believed his lie that you can see in and get by. And nobody ever has and nobody ever will be able to see in and get by with it. Nobody. If the Bible be true, and it is, this Bible, Numbers 32, 23, says, be sure your sin will find you out. How it happened. How it happened. Number two, how it hurt. How it hurt. I remember laying on that operating table that day, him sticking needles this long in my face, cry, tears running down my, my eye, out of my eyes, 
There I lay on that table. He was sticking to I'm thinking to myself, I don't have insurance. How am I going to pay for all this? That one thing cost me over $10,000. And that's back in the 80s, man. Oh, my, you better know, oh, my. Let's take up a love offering for me this morning. I'm still trying to pay them bills off. Man, $10,000. Then all the getting my teeth put back in. All these teeth across the front here are fake teeth. And uh, wood, they're wooden, made out of wood, fake teeth. Man, I remember all that. I hate going to the dentist. I mean, man, I almost rather have open heart surgery than go to the dentist. That lady's sitting there. She's got that Hoover vacuum cleaner stuck in your mouth. The guy's over there. He's squirting water in. She's, she's sucking it out bad. I feel like I'm drowning. They lay you flat back on your back. and I, You okay? I feel like I'm drowning when I go to the dentist. Set me up in the chair or something. Knock me out. There I lay in that chair. I'm talking about months it took to fix all that. The pain that was associated with it. Think about when I burnt my leg. When it burnt all the way around my leg, the doctor said, now look, you're going to have severe cramping in this leg, and I still do to this day. He said, what you did is you've affected the blood, uh, blood vessels in your, in your leg by this burning all the way around, and that, that muscle is going to have trouble getting oxygen to it. And for weeks and months, I stuck my leg in the pulpit and stood there and preached. I mean, in excruciating pain, it hurt something terrible. Can I tell you this? Sin does hurt. The man who says, I ain't hurt nobody but myself, or the person who says, I'm hurting nobody but myself, has never read what the Bible said about sin. You and I do not sin and just isolate ourselves in that sin. We always hurt others by our sin. Hey, if you don't believe that, look down the road where you're sitting at. Look at that precious family there that you're hurting this morning. Look at those precious children. Look at that wife or husband as the case may be. Look at the hurt that you're causing them. Look at the hurt that you're bringing upon the name of Christ. Look at the hurt you may be doing to our church fellowship and testimony. Sin always, always hurts. Can I tell you something? Sin, sorrow follows sin just like day follows night. You can't get away from it. Sin hurts. You might as well take fire out of uh, heat out of fire. You might as well try to take cold out of ice. You might as well try to get wet out of water as you had to get away from sin and hurt. Because I'm here to tell you, sin and sorrow always go together. You can't help it. It's going to hurt. It is going to hurt. Think about the scars you got. Can I tell you something? In reality, please hear me and hear me well. Your scars. If you, if, if you got them right, like me, if you did a good job at it, I mean, it's because of some bad thing that happened in your life. I can't think of too many people who's got good scars. Can you? Most of the time, they're from bad things that have happened in your life. And I'm telling you, there's hurt associated with scars. How they happened. Man, how they hurt. But can I close with this? How they healed. How they healed. Can I tell you something about my scar today? I mean, I still got the scars on my face. You see it kind of starts right here and goes all the way down through here. And 
And uh, I still got those scars. I got scars on my leg to this very day, about from a little bit lower than my knee down. I got scars where that burnt around there. But, you know, for the most part anymore, I mean, they've pretty much healed up now. I don't have a whole lot of problem with them much anymore. But in both of those cases, guess what? Before healing came, I had to go see the doctor. And can I tell you this? The doctor had to give me something to put on both of them. That's right. I remember after the days when I was healing up, and I couldn't, my mouth was wired shut. I, could, I couldn't eat or drink anything for, for days. I mean, I was sucking chicken noodle broth down or, or chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> Thank God for chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> mouth wired, face all busted up here. Man, I remember those days. That doctor said, you've got to put this stuff on here. If you don't, that, that scar is going to be more uh, visible than it, than it will be. Rub, keep this stuff rubbed on there. Man, I just had to keep rubbing that stuff on there. And when it came to my leg that night, that doctor said, look, you got the... And I had huge blisters all over my leg. And it, you know how they break and they just bust and the stuff runs down. The, the stuff on the inside just runs down. He said, man, you better keep... That, that stuff gets infected, man. You could lose your leg. You better keep this stuff on there. And in both cases, they give me stuff to rub on there. I'd call it... I don't know what to call it. Salve, cream, whatever. And, and, and keep it on there because if you don't, you're going to be in... Real trouble. Both cases had to go to the doctor and get something to put on them. Can I tell you something this morning if you're sitting here Amen. and sin has wounded your life? Can I tell you there is a doctor named Dr. Jesus who is a great physician? And if you'll come to this altar this morning and bring your wounded spirit, your wounded self to this altar and cast yourself at the feet of the great doctor, he can give you some salve called the blood of Jesus Christ and it'll begin the healing process in your life. It sure will. You can get healed from it. You say, preacher, it, it may take a while. You're right. It may take a while, but it'll heal. Because he is, he's the great physician. Guys, back there, Brother Mike, look to, put this verse up, and I'll give you a moment to get it up there. Put Jeremiah 30, verse 17, when you get a chance. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, and I want you to look this way. Don't worry about that yet. Look this way. You know something I got to thinking about? This, this leg has got scars on it. But can I tell you something? Watch this. Still works. Yeah, still works. Yeah, it's got scars on it from my, from my, right below my knee all the way down to my ankle. Scars on it. Somebody said, man, what did you do to that? I got scars on it, but guess what? Thank God it still works. My mouth still works. I know some of you wish it didn't. My mouth still works. My teeth still works. Scarred? Oh, yeah. I have them the rest of my life. But it still works. And can I tell you something this morning? You may be sitting here this morning and think, I can't get over this. There's no way. This wound that I've caused in my life because of choices and decisions that I've made, it's an open wound. It'll never heal. But I want to tell you this, it'll heal if you'll bring it to Jesus. And when, even though it may have a scar on it, it'll get better. It'll, it'll still work. It will. Look at this verse right here, Jeremiah 30, verse 17. For I, God said, 
will restore health unto thee. And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. I don't know, I don't know what your wound is. I don't know how deep it goes, how bad it is. But I know this, God promises us, hey, I'll give you health back. Hey, hey, I'll heal you wound. Just bring it to me. Bring it to me. Don't, hey, you know what's going to happen if you don't get some treatment for it? Infection's going to set in. It may wind up killing you. So I'm just wanting to encourage you today, gather it together and bring it to Jesus. Let's read this again, first part. Ready? For I will restore health unto thee. And then here's the statement. And I will heal thee of thy wounds. Bring it to Jesus. He's the great physician. He's got just the right salve to put on it to start the process of healing today. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father.